Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Woo, welcome everybody. Episode 115 of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Welcome to the podcast. We have a special guest today, David Brown. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited good, to be here. Good to have you here. We're going to get right into this thing and uh, not beat around the bush. I, I love I it, do. Doc. Like jump right in. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you see how he stole my notes? <laughs> I got to figure out what jumping in means. I don't know what we're doing here. Jeez. Uh, well, Jared, you got something to start us off with? Absolutely. Episode 115 is brought to us by High Desert Counseling. High Desert Counseling is a progressive substance abuse treatment facility with a practical approach. They offer day treatment, morning and evening IOP, continuation of care, and Prime for Life programs. Check out their website at highdesert.help or give them a call at 435-673-2899. Their facilities are located in St. George and Cedar City, Utah. Episode hey. 115, hey, wait, part one. also... The, before you get to the next one, I want to comment. Yeah, go ahead. No notes. Nailed it. Nailed Every it. single word was perfect in that sponsorship mention. Thanks, buddy. I'm so proud. Well, I mean, of you. I have it on my phone. But. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you I, didn't see that. I didn't see your phone there. Sorry. I got a little cheat sheet. I've seen you read it before, though, and not get every word perfect. That's so, A. That's true. That. All right. Have, have, next sponsor. Yeah, I'm not very loud. Make me louder, Sean. So, episode 115. It's from the diaphragm you want to speak. Project <laughs> from the diaphragm. You know what's funny is I listen I to like it. other podcasts that are done like diaphragm. by professional companies, and I'm just so glad that we're just a bunch of goofballs having we're, a good time. Yeah, this is what we, oh, geez. I just kicked the you camera. Stop kicking, kicking the, the camera. camera. Oh, you got Sean People I specifically, up. nobody can see this, but the cameras mm. don't sit on the table anymore. They sit in, the, there's a hole in yeah. the table yeah. just for that whole reason, because you guys kept kicking the table. Right where my, uh, right so where now, my foot is. Instead of kicking the table, you're kicking those the, right, the half it. inch pipe that holds the cameras, gentlemen. The, I'm sorry. We were talking about professionalism. We had squirreled. Wait, we two, had squirreled. The, squirreled. The two people that are watching thought we were having an earthquake just now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of that, my we, wife and your we wife. hit over twenty thousand downloads. Oh my gosh, dude, that's incredible! Yeah, twenty thousand people wanted to listen to what no, we had to say. I had no idea there were that many ridiculous people in the world. That just goes <laughs> to show, man. You know, this Actually, is, I, had no I like idea. it. Let's yeah. jump into the second sponsorship second and sponsorship. get this thing back on the rails. Okay, Episode sorry. 115, part two. Or Rise part Up one, Subs. Second sponsorship mention, Rise, Rise Up, up Supplements. Subs. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease your anxiety and enhance your overall mood. Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order today at riseupsups.com. That's R-I-S-E. UPS, ups.com. At checkout, use promo code podcast20 to save yourself 20% off. Coming soon, we're going to have some swag. The Whoa. order's over $100. You're going to get like a t shirt. Sweet. Or a hat. Love that. Or a mug or something like that. So, Love that. nice. And it's it's cool. This thing's rocking and rolling. I think people, if they actually will try the supplements, they fall in love with them. I got some mind shift going right now. That, yeah, that, I, I get it. Dude, that's why you jumped brain. in front of me and you knocked out the intro. Oh, is that Boom. what it is? You're on it, dude. Oh, I think that was it. Should we kick off Noon Goods? Yeah. Jared? Should we start? Why don't you lead us? Let's start with David today. Okay. David, we have a segment called New and Goods. We just, at the beginning of this podcast, we like to ask what's new and good in your life. What's new and good in the life of David Brown? Well, uh, <laughs> I got engaged. What? Yeah, oh, yeah. I got engaged wow. over Christmas. Don't do it. To a human? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to a beautiful young lady. Really? Yeah. That you know what's crazy? That is great. Is your fiance does my wife's hair. That's correct. Did you know that? I did know that. I didn't know that. And yeah. then she's like, oh, you're having David on? That's Hey, can I... Can so-and-so's can uh, fiance. Can I mention that your wife's hair looks fantastic today? Uh-oh, I just got in trouble for saying don't do it. <laughs> okay. Her hair I looks fantastic. <laughs> she do- it does. What, wait, what's she... What does she want you not to do? I whispered, don't do it. It was just kind of funny. Oh, okay. I just just trying to be funny. I got okay. myself in trouble. This happens often. It's yeah. okay. It'll no, all be okay. I get it. How do you say married? Seriously. I know. It's true. Let's talk to David about getting married. Okay, David. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we got off track again. Getting engaged. Yep. Cool. Yeah. That's a great thing. Want to throw her name out there? I didn't know, so I didn't say. Yeah. Morgan Mendenhall. Morgan Mendenhall. Yeah. Nice yep, job. We're getting married uh, September 30th. 
Wow. Of this year, yeah. Where are you getting married? Do you know? Um, at, oh man, what is the name of it? It's a little oh, farm, oh. Segmiller Farm. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Super be a, cool. You yeah. ever been married before? Yeah, a long time ago. We'll get we'll we'll get into yeah. that yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, a, in a little while. He's like, that's yeah, part of this story today, yes, guys. Correct. Yeah. Oh, is that Segmiller Barn? Is yes. That, that's barn. Oh yeah, that place is fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great venue. Yeah. yeah. And cheap. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, cheap Don't drive good. up on the dirt though. They get mad. Cheap yeah. Is, cheap they is do. good. Apparently Sean drove on the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sean, what's new and good in your life? I don't know. I don't know. What is Eeyore? Come on, Sean. What's Think up with hard, Eeyore in Sean. the car? Really? Really? Okay. Eeyore. Oh, oops, I got the wrong button. Think hard, I don't know, what, I don't yeah, yeah, know yeah, what's yeah, new yeah. and good in my life. Um, I went to the gym four days in a row. Oh, hey, that nice. a boy. And that I would have gone this, gone this morning, but I had a huge metal sliver in my foot, so I couldn't go. Oh. Yeah, Different I probably story. wouldn't have But you know what? That's a huge thing for me. Four days in a row. I was going to say, from the time we started this podcast to today, you you are half the man you used to be, and I mean that in a loving way. That's not true. It is true. No, no, no. I, You've lost a lot of weight. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I but saw, it comes back on the next week. <laughs> You're doing the yo-yo? Yeah. I'm just yo-yoing. You're implying that I was huge and fat before. No, but you've lost some weight. What, like a pound or two? Listen, Ten I'm a human being. And yeah, I'm you weigh four pounds. You lost opinion. a pound or two. You're half That's the man right. you used to be. <laughs> cool. Congratulations. See how quickly I did the math there? That was really Let's quick. see if you can hit five next week, guy. Yeah. You, I, no you know why excuses. I didn't go to the gym this morning? Because your trainer wasn't mm-hmm. scheduled? Sean had a metal sliver in his foot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did. Yeah. That's, yeah. Why I That's the go. kind of excuses you yeah. come up with? Yeah. What do you guy I know in Needed magnetic tweezers. Right. What do you got? What's new and good in the life of Jared R. Miller? I've made new up and your good. middle name. It actually is my middle name. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was, I should just I made that up seriously. I had the opportunity this What's afternoon. What's your middle name? It's Roy. Oh, I kind of knew that. I kind of knew that. It's <laughs> okay. back there somewhere in the recesses of a brain that has way too much inside of it. It was very it deep in the subconscious. <laughs> yeah, so, I so I can't take credit. Are you ready for me to tell you? No. I'll interrupt you seven more times before you start. <laughs> What's new and good in the world of Jared Roy Miller? So I went to lunch today. We've, we've been there, we have some really cool events coming up that I'm very excited to talk about. So the first event is the Shannon J. Scholarship Talent in the Park. Sean's going to put up the little flyer. Having problems. Hold on. It is coming up. It is going to be June 3rd. June 3rd. You can get tickets that day. Yeah. And it starts at 11 o'clock. Um, this is, wait, 11. There it is, Town in the Park. Saturday. June Saturday? 3rd. It's Sunday. No, it's Saturday, Saturday, June 3rd. 11 p.m.? At the Ogden Amphitheater. No, 11 a.m. Oh, okay, this is the one in Ogden. Sorry, I'm lost so here. I know good. there's one down here that's after the softball tournament. Sorry. Yep. So this is the first one. It's going to be okay. on Saturday of that weekend. That's Town up in, in Ogden, the, the Ogden, Ogden. A- Amphitheater? Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, the headliners are going to be Kalichi and Joe Nestor. Joe Nestor goes on stage at 5.30. Kalichi goes on stage at 7-ish, roughly, right? You know how these events go. You never know. If you miss this, you're missing something. Absolutely. These are going to be cool. So, yeah, so that's going to be in northern Utah. So I want to be clear about this. That's going to be in northern Utah. That's in right. Ogden. Ogden. So Ogden, Idaho, Wyoming, listen up, right? We're calling out to you guys. I, we got a lot of people listening to this podcast in those states. Check it out. Town in the Park. Go to Shannon J. Scholarship. Follow them on Facebook. You can also see the promo on our Facebook page. And then we have the Sobriety Foundation. Yeah. So my new and good is one of the things I'm trying to do is raise money for the Sobriety Foundation through the sponsorships. Nice of you. And I know a, I don't. So I know an individual who um, I have may or may not have some ties through connection through recovery with that owns a business here in town, Cloud Nine. His name's Tyson. He, uh, I, I got the opportunity to go to lunch with him. It was super cool. He's a really good dude. What does Cloud Nine do? Cloud Nine is a vape shop. They okay, sell, I thought so. That yeah, sounded familiar. They sell, like yeah. you know the vape, yeah, the vape stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm old, but not that old. Right, right. So so we went to lunch, and he's doing a gold sponsorship, and that was really that's cool. cool. Yeah, he's just a solid dude. He's like, yeah, I want to be able to you know give back to the community, and people have been good to us. They have locations in Cedar City, St. George, and Mesquite. So he's giving back to this area by by doing a, a gold sponsorship. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to remind you that of something. That is going to be, let's show that promo. Yep. That's going to be Sunday, the day after the town in the park. <coughs> it's called a recovery concert. It's at the Cox Performing Arts Theater on the Utah Tech campus. You can get your tickets by scanning the QR code that's also on our Facebook page. Or you can go to, is it Utah Tech... 
Yeah, I'll post it in the comments on Facebook. So okay. if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, go to our Facebook page. We do Recover with Jared Miller, and you, you can see the yeah, event and how you can get tickets. The more you buy in this, bulk, the better, right? Because if yeah. you get one ticket, it's 30 bucks. Yeah, you two or more is 25 Five or more 20 is 20 bucks. Yeah. That's a heck of a price to these, see these These guys are big-time artists. Yeah, these guys sweet. do what they do quite well. I've already had people from California, Nevada, and Arizona, I kid you not, private message me and say, hey, how do we get the tickets? Yeah. Or, hey, the QR code. Listen, you got to kind of blow up the QR code on your phone and then scan it with a different phone. It, yeah. It's not yeah. when it's real tiny print, it doesn't go real well. But you can do it. I've done it. These guys have n nine albums between them, I think. Maybe 11. I can't remember. Oh, probably more than that, a lot. Is it more? I, I think I looked. I tried to figure out what the number was. But anyway, they got a lot. They have a lot of released and, and material. And I will say this. I'm not sure what ticket sales look like because I'm pretty sure you can't buy tickets until the day of the event for Talent in the Park. Okay. But the Sobriety Foundation, you can buy those ahead of time. And we're already at like 50 people that have bought. Uh -huh. Now, the theater only holds 1,100. So I realized that, listen, I, like 50, 1100, come on, Jared. But seriously, the closer this yeah, thing get gets and the more flyers we put up around town, it's going to blow up. Don't be left out. Don't be left this out. This will be a fun event. It will be after the so Sober Softball Tournament, so that will be cool. The other thing is, I, I'm going to remind you, I don't know if you remember this, but you and I went to dinner a number of weeks back with a guy who had a who works for a treatment center, we won't name names yet, Okay. who promised us at least 5K. For a sponsorship, which is a gold package, or maybe 10k. Which he is couldn't promise the 10k, mm -hmm. but he said he'd work on it. Yeah, tell an individual to reach out to me. I've sent him a text. I, I'm I'm on him. I'm working on him. All right. I feel like this is getting drawn out. We got to get to David. Oh yeah, I forgot. I got to do my. Come thing. on, Doc. Silly seconds. Got, Sellers, yeah, silly I, seconds. I We're getting to David, everybody. We promise, David. Thank you. You're a gentleman, kind sir, patient. Man. I refuse to do the uh, new and goods because I suck at it. Uh, <laughs> so, <clears throat> what I do is I look up the most ridiculous study I read that week, right? And uh, this week I actually looked for ridiculous studies. Here it is. Ready? Let's get it. The name of this. The name. The, so, the name of the thing was called it was measuring the brain activity of a dead salmon. <laughs> No, that's not the name of a new Fallout Boy album. <laughs> this is in, like an actual thing they did. In a study with the Snappily, it says, this says Snappily, but that's not the correct word there. In a study with the snappy title of Neural Correlates of Interspecies Perspective, Taking in the Postmortem Atlantic Salmon, an Argument for Multiple Comparisons Correction. <clears throat> what does that mean? Scientists put a dead salmon in an MRI machine and measured its brainwaves as it completed a series of tasks. <laughs> the dead salmon. The dead salmon. <laughs> to be entirely fair, the study wasn't really to ascertain what dead salmon think about, but to highlight how easy it is to get false positive in experiments of this kind. In their write-up, the researchers described their test subject thusly. Subject. One mature Atlantic salmon participated in the MRI study. The salmon was approximately 18 inches long, weighed 3.8 pounds, and was not alive at the time of scanning. And the experiment, here's how they describe it. Was it. The covered in a lovely butter and lemon sauce <laughs> side of rice. It was just about ready to be put in another rice. warm machine, right? Yeah. yeah the, ta the task they described thusly. The task administered to the salmon involved completing an open-ended mentalizing task. The salmon was shown a series of <laughs> photographs depicting human individuals in social situations with a specified emotional valence. The salmon was asked to determine <laughs> what emotion the individual in the photo must have been experiencing. Dude, are you getting this from like these Hollywood? I kid spoof? you not. <laughs> like the, I kid who, you not. Guess what? Who did this? Four hundred and eighty thousand dollar government grant was was Shut applied for mouth. the study of this are Atlantic salmon. Four hundred eighty. Despite the absurdity of the experiment, of they were actually <clears throat> able to. Yeah, this is taxpayer money. This is your money and my money. We paid money for this study. Wow. Despite the absurdity of the experiment, they were actually able to measure some brain activity in the dead salmon. <laughs> this doesn't mean that we're dealing with some kind of emotionally intelligent zombie salmon, but shows that external interference can skew the results of functional MRI readings, resulting in a false result. It also shows that scientists can be sarcastic when they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Story sounds fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it does. Uh, that's my. You know what, Sellers? I was kind of skeptical about the whole seller silly, silly seconds, seconds, but you come up with some pretty funny ones. That one, man. that like, one's ridiculous. That's, isn't it? that's so ridiculous. That is absolutely absurd. Well, we got ten minutes left in this segment, so let's move right on into let's get David it. Brown. Tell me who David Brown is. Tell us a little bit about yourself right now. 
Well, uh, I live here in St. George. Okay. Um, 43. Okay. Uh, I have two daughters, um, one that lives with me. Uh, they're 14 and 8, and the 8-year-old lives with me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I run a concrete batch plant out in uh, Big Water, Utah for Where's work. Big Water, Utah? Right before Page, right before Lake Powell. Okay, Bow. okay. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yep, so I deal with a lot of heavy equipment and and uh, batching concrete. We did all the ramps out there for the extensions for the water being so low. Okay. Yeah. Way cool. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. You left out a huge That's part of who you are, David. This guy's like a dirt bike riding fanatic. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? I can almost like, tell that. I mean, like first he, of all, I can see the hat. Yeah, I got He's the KTM hat on. Hat on. Yeah, I can see the hat. It's yeah, that's one of the joys of recovery, you know, is uh, finding some hobbies, to getting back to the hobbies that you used to do when you were a kid, and that's what I did, and that is what has helped me keep stay sober. I'm going to be honest with you. I find that to be a hobby that leads people to addiction. Really? Yeah, well, because crosses, the they all have broken bones. They're, they and spend their life growing up with that's broken fair. bones and all that, the time. And that is a part of my story, actually. Yeah, yeah. a lot you of know? lot of pain pills. Like I've treated a whole bunch of people that are motocross riders and tons of pain pills growing up. All legit, like yeah. almost all legit until it becomes not legit. But right until the physical hook gets in there. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But most of them start legit. They got a bone sticking out. Jeez, they deserve some pain pills. Yeah, what's the guy that says the opposite of addiction? Johan Hari. I don't care what you say, Johan Hari. There are physical hooks in these opiates out here yeah. these days. I was just reading his book on ADHD. I don't agree with that either. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have that dude on one of these times. We're just going to beat him up. Just verbally. No, just, I'm sure he's a lovely. What are you thinking, Johan? I'm sure he's a lovely dude. Okay, keep going. Let's, go to, let's get what, off of Johan Hari and back to David Brown. Let's Let's get this. You're on a podcast about recovery from addiction. Right. Where does your addiction start? What does it look like? Hey, like I want to know what he got for Christmas growing up. <laughs> no, sellers, we've already talked about this. We're <laughs> oh, skipping. <shoot. laughs> so uh, my first drink was uh, when I was oh probably twelve, and uh, you tell, know, tell me a little about that. How do you get a drink at twelve? Well, so <laughs> funny story. Um, we were driving on our way out of town, and I was with my parents and uh, and the family. We we're heading out boating, and uh, I asked my dad if I could have a beer, and he thought he was going to teach me a lesson mm. Mm. and uh yeah i drank i drank two beers and i got sick and you know the whole mm -hmm. that all happened and then yeah it scared me you know yeah isn't it crazy how like the old timers that's how they thought yeah that's like, what listen I, yeah. my dad caught me in the barn with a can of chew do you know what he did? Made, made you do the whole it. thing yep. he made yep. me put the whole yep. can in my mouth yeah yep. guess what i still struggle with to this day <laughs> Chew. Nicotine addiction. Yeah, yeah, I do the zins well, and the yeah. ons. Part of it's because you're dumb and can't learn a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally believe you when you say that. Like, yeah. I can picture it. Yeah. Like, your dad's like, I'm going to teach this boy a lesson. I did yeah. the same thing. I asked my mom if I could have a beer when I was eight. My grandfather drank. My mom, my parents didn't. But uh, at eight, I took a sip and thought, this is disgusting. So I didn't even finish the beer because it was my mom wasn't going to force me to finish it. But... Well, it doesn't taste very good. My pride wouldn't let me not. Yeah, okay, because yeah. you were 12. You were 12. At yeah. 12, I might have been different, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Yeah, and then so uh, time progressed. You know, I got into into middle school and then got introduced to marijuana. And uh, The devil's life. Hi, yes. I'm marijuana. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, from there, it just, you know, I just, I, I, I kind of stayed in the, the simple party scene of smoking a little bit of weed and drinking some alcohol on the weekends. And then... Uh, a major event happened in my life where uh, I'm you're, you're hiding all this from your parents. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, correct. And still uh, can't drive a car. <laughs> yeah, still can't drive a car. Right. Just ride my BMX right. everywhere, you know. Right, right. That's and cool. uh, but I had a. Uh, where did you grow up? Did you grow up here? No, I grew up in Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah, I went to Brighton High. Okay. And I'll forgive uh, you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I had a best friend uh, commit suicide, and oh, uh, I was the one that found him. Uh, how, how old were you? I was 15. Okay. Yeah, me he and he me and his dad uh found him hanging from the rope on the oh, back side of the house. Man. And it traumatized me. Yeah. You know, it uh well, don't. At, at the time I, you know, I was going through the motions and and whatnot, but at the time I didn't realize the the depth like of of the, you know, the pain that came from that cuz yeah. uh he and I shared a birthday, you know, our birthdays were a day apart and every year on our birthdays we would go up skiing. You know, that was kind of the, our, our thing. And uh, that night that before we were supposed to go skiing. Jeez. Yeah. 
That's when it all went Was down. he drinking and, and smoking he, with you? Yes, correct. Yep. Yeah, man. Listen, more than you or same amount? You think? Yeah, pretty pretty similar. About the same. Yeah. And who knows, right? Because well, we don't we're skeptulating. So let's just throw that out there. Did but you just, did you just make up a word? Skeculating. <laughs> or well, I think. Or, Anyway, speculating. Thank you, speculating. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Not doc. speculating. <laughs> I, I, I speculated back when We're I was a gynecologist. We're spaghettiing here. I used to speculate back when I was a gynecologist. Speculating. 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 The point I'm trying to make is substance abuse is tough on a fully developed brain. It is extremely tough on an adolescent brain. That's a good point. I'll let you have And that if you point. have some depression and some anxiety, it's like putting out a fire with gasoline. It just doesn't work. That's the that's the thing is that at those stages of development, right? We don't have the coping mechanisms to handle that stuff. Yeah, correct. All, all those kind of things. Like it's too much. It's terrible for an adult to see a friend die. As an adolescent, it's a lot worse. Yeah, for sure. Do yeah. you spangulate? Whether that had anything to do with <laughs> with with Did how to confess that to his bishop? It's a very what? personal question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're stopping. Yeah, that. with with how it tra- how my life turned out and and. Or how it tracked from that point. Do you point. think that it led to him committing suicide? Um, no, I think it was more of a vengeance thing oh, uh, okay. against against his parents because his parents he was failing in school and mm. yeah, and so that's some pretty tough parents. So yeah. he so the his relationship with his parents wasn't very good. It, it was, but he just wasn't making the right choices, and they were doing the tough love, which yeah. you know, rightfully so. You know? and that's understandable. No judgment. I just wondered if there, yeah. if you thought there was some correlation there. No, and I've thought about it a lot over the years, and that's kind of what I've chalked it up to. Okay. So, does your substance abuse fuel or decrease when after this, after you witnessed? Um, it it decreased for a little while. Um, I came from a great household. You know, I got a, I I got a mother that was really stern, but I needed that. Yeah. That was the only reason why I graduated high school. Is I had a mother that pushed mm. me and. And from that point, I kind of made it a little bit of a turnaround. Um, I started, I'd been playing golf, um, <clears throat> and I became pretty good at golf. I played in Utah Junior Golf and uh, won, won some on. tournaments. And Hold on. Hold on a second. We're going to have to explore that for a minute. <laughs> golf? Sellers will take you out golfing and determine whether need, you're a good golfer No, no, he's not. probably way better than me, but that's fine, because I'm going to enjoy it every this bit. This guy likes his, his like, nine holes. I do yeah. love <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> golf, you know? I yeah. never play nine holes. Yeah, I know. You always can't, play 18. I can't yeah. stand to go out and play that's, nine. that's a tease, nine holes. Yeah, that's. I'm get, barely getting warmed up. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Played some junior golf tournaments yeah, and, and, and stuff. Yeah, won some tournaments as a okay. kid and was, was pretty good at it. And awesome. then uh, as I got into high school, I... Where'd you golf growing up? Uh, well... All throughout, all through the whole state. Well, Salt Lake County. Yeah. Well, yeah, tournaments play. are everywhere, right? Yeah, but. yeah, through the whole state. Okay. Yeah, we'd come down here. There was a early tournament in the sure. year that was sure. in St. George, and yeah. so yeah. Cool. But yeah, and then uh, joined the golf team in in high school and Brighton uh, High golf team. Yep, Brighton High golf. Brighton team. High any good? Yeah, we were actually really, really? good. Yeah, we uh, we won region quite a few okay. times and sweet. Yeah. Place pretty high in state. Golf tends to keep people away from substances. So let's keep going. How do yeah. you get back to substances? Yeah. So not on my team. <laughs> well, okay. In high school, maybe not for yeah. sure. And John Daly, probably not. Yeah. But anyway. Well, and so yeah, I, I, I completed high school, and then as soon as I was out of high school, I was like, I need to get out my parents' house. I need to get back on my own, you know, my own place. And then that's where things took off. You know, I got my own apartment and, you know. Still in Salt Lake? Still in Salt Lake. Didn't go to school after high school? Nope. Okay. I, had, I actually had a full-ride scholarship to Utah State. Oh, interesting. Ter- Wait, it. how old are you? I was, how old am I? I'm 43. Well, I'm going to talk to you in a minute. My, I have a son that was. Playing at that time? So you yeah. turned down a full-ride scholarship because for I was, independence to yes. move into your own apartment. And I was do done with thing. school. Yeah, I just I was just sick of somebody having the thumb over me, but little did I know I was trading it for a different thumb. <laughs> little did you know you needed the thumb. Yes. Well, yeah. 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 Chose, yeah. Just chose a different thumb. Yeah. But it was the thumb of your choosing, so it's fine, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why that was the justification it's, behind well, it. Well it is it's we all at that stage we all rebel against authority. Authority can be our parents, it can be our government, it can be our church, it can be our but we all have a tendency to have some rebelliousness against authority because we're starting to stretch our wings. We're starting to try to become adults and figure it out for ourselves, and we don't want somebody else to tell us how to do it. Right. I so. also think between, like, 
somewhere in the middle of middle school to like your mid twenties, your curiosity around substances for some reason, like that's the age, right? And I don't care what anybody says about marijuana not being a gateway drug. It really is because most people it's like, there's a lot of movies about it and it's glorified and you know, people nowadays are arguing whether it's medical use or not. And so it really can become like, if you're curious, that's the one that you're going to start out with. This has been fantastic. Stick around. We got a little 30-second sponsorship mention, and then we're going to jump right back to David Brown's story. Thank you. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn. High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services, including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the pretzel effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 115, David Brown. He is, uh, we got him all the way to uh, just out of high school, uh, experimenting with substances and such. But before we get into, go back to that, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Segment two is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, the Hilton Garden Inn. Uh, have you ever been there? Yes, That's a place many right there. times. You want to go to the Hilton Love Garden Hilton Inn? Garden Trust me. Inn. Hilton Garden Inn in St. George. If you happen to be traveling through southern Utah, look them up. Give them a shot at your business. They have beautiful facilities. Rooms are gorgeous and big The uh, and clean. The food's fantastic. The pool's fantastic. The hot tub's fantastic. The weight room's good. Uh, I actually went last time. They I give know. us a discount when our guests are from out of town and need a place to stay. They don't even pay us. And I'm going to say this. Yes. For what the value for your dollar in southern Utah, the St. George Hilton Garden Inn is the best value for your for your dollar. Like the rooms are spacious. Yeah. The rooms they have are a really big, nice pool. Big rooms. And they're not that expensive yeah. compared to some other places. Absolutely. And uh, the staff's great. That's the thing we ought to mention. Estefania. Too. We, meant, we She's mentioned fantastic. her every time. Yeah. Love that lady. All right. So let's get back to it. You, Jared made a comment before we um, stopped, <clears throat> before we got to the break, that I just wanted to comment on. You want to argue about? Uh, no. I just want to point out that I think it's a... Uh, so you said that uh, uh, teenagers' curiosity about drugs and alcohol, that also is a function of rebellion because we grow up with those in authority telling us not to do that stuff. Some of us watch our parents drink, and then our parents tell us not to drink. And so that doesn't work well for a teenager because right, teenagers are smart enough to figure out. Yeah, I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying that is a function. Of, a lot of times teenagers, that is a function of, A, curiosity for sure, but B, rebellion a little bit. So let's go back to where we were. You were um, you got a place on your own. Now you can do whatever you want. Talk yeah. to me about how your use yeah, so, you know, I just was working a job and having a roommate and trying to make as many friends as I possibly could. That was... Doing the young adult life. Yeah, doing the young adult life and house parties. Partying and... and yeah, throwing yeah. kegs and... Especially in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's the scene. It's a, it's the biggest city in Utah. Yep, correct. And, uh, yeah, it just slowly progressed. You know, it became everyday drinking and turned, you know, bounced from, like it says in the big book, you know, bouncing back and forth from this to that and you know and it just slowly got worse and worse and worse um at one point in time i had gotten two duis by the age of 21 and my bright bright idea you got hold on you got two duis before you were legally old enough to drink yes correct yeah i David, also 
also had. I'm a substance abuse counselor. Your you diagnosis might have is, a problem. You might have a problem <laughs> Correct. with alcohol. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I also had ten, eight minor possessions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's. Possessions yeah. of mostly weed? No, no, no. I've, uh, I did have, well, no, that was not until later, possession of weed, but no, possession of alcohol or consumption. Oh, so Never alcohol mind. was like your, your vice. It was uh, your yeah. I was thinking you can't get a possession charge for alcohol, but you can if you're less than 21. Yeah. That's true. I, yeah. I had a fake ID, so <laughs> that was how I bought well, it before 21. Yeah. Sure. But, uh, yeah, and then painkillers came into the, the whole clause. How'd like, you get started on painkillers? Just a friend had some, you know, that he probably took from his parents. And then, you oh, know. Oh, so not even prescription. No, it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't something that I was prescribed. Um, Did you yeah. motocross growing up? Yeah, I rode dirt bikes growing up. Okay. Yeah, and then through, even in high school, I had a dirt bike. And then. Did you ever have exposure to pain pills prescribed to you by a doctor growing up? Yes, that was later. That was that was that was later when I wrecked my dirt bike. But that was ten years later. Okay. But it, but it was a relapse actually. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. But that's not what got you into pain pills. No, it what was just. What got you into is it a friend was, had some. You know, I just the curiosity, like you yeah. said, I, I wanted to honestly, I had it set in my mind. Let's try every drug there that's out there. And Might listen, well. I'm not that much younger than you. Like our generation is the opiate generation. Yeah, like absolutely. The whole pandemic epidemic that's going on is like, I know sellers is going to probably disagree, but I consider myself the Oxycontin era because yeah, that too. is what was booming. And me I mean, there, I was in high school and I knew multiple people in high school that could get Oxycontin. Like it was just crazy accessible. No, sellers is not going to disagree. Funny. Your generation is the opioid generation. I was only smiling because that makes me an opioid geezer. <laughs> <laughs> would, would it be quaaludes back then? Quaaludes, yeah, yeah, but I didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I got hooked on opiates, but late, much later than most people do. So, yeah. anyway, <clears throat> Funny story about that. Oxycontin okay. came into my story. You know, um, uh, I was living in a different apartment. This is, you know, five, six years later. And uh, no, not even that long, probably three years later. I was living in a different apartment, sitting in the hot tub and, you know, enjoying myself, having some cocktails and a little old lady in the, in the hot tub with me. And we got to talking about how she survived cancer and this and that. And she got to telling me that she had like four or five jars of Oxycontin sitting in her house. Sweet and my, old lady yeah, was your and my, and my We love this little old lady, don't yeah. we? Wow. And my, my mind, you know, I got to jump on this. This yeah, is, this sure. is it right here. Here's my ticket. And so. Before you knew it, you know, I had all those bottles in my possession. I bought them from her at a screaming price. I feel like at this point I need to I need to throw this out there. If you're listening, we are throwing out great examples of stinking thinking. Yep. And we are doing a little bit of glorifying. And here's here's my thing. Time plus tragedy equals humor. There's a lot of recovery in this room. And we right. can look back and we can laugh about it now. I don't encourage. I don't <laughs> encourage people in early, super early recovery to to run down the nostalgia days. It is kind of funny, though, right? Like yeah. No, we're talking lady. about Absolutely. a story, though, and we got to get to it. Like, yeah. I, I don't think we're glorifying the fact that he bought them from her. I, I hope we're not doing that, because that's for sure. Well, I manipulated her, you right. know, like I, I, you like, know, a, I was, like every addict yeah, does, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it had nothing to do with her, but everything to do with me, right. you know. So I took advantage of the situation, and then that's when Oxycontin came into my story, and and I ran with that for a couple of years, and then it became too expensive, and then heroin was the next thing. You know, when, when you switch back in, like when you switch to the opiates, though, was alcohol still pretty present? Was it still a daily vice, or did no. you cross? You, you totally crossed over. Completely opiates. crossed Went over. I still used, still used weed, um, marijuana for. On and off, you know, it was it wasn't every day, but it was. A couple, you didn't stop a couple, drinking though. Couple, um. It's, it just slowly transitioned to just all drugs. Well, you, go to a, you go to a party, you don't drink at no, that stage? No, I'd, I'd have a drink, but I'd have to have some of the... But it wasn't a oh, daily thing. I'd have to have the opiates yeah, yeah. in my system first, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, it was just the way it worked. Right. I just find it interesting that... There, so there's a thing in substance abuse where you have a substance abuse diagnosis. And then if people are using multiple substances at the same time every single day... Well, it doesn't have to be every single day, but, but within the same time frame then we consider that a poly substance abuse, right? Because Correct. you're abusing more than one substance. And what, I've, what I find interesting is a lot of people, when they cross over from one to another, they leave the other one behind, or they do the, I'm going to use this to get off of that, mm. and, and, and that game. And so I think sometimes... How many times you heard that? I'm, I used meth to get off of heroin. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. a great decision, right. by the way. And, and 
so anyways, it's just, I sorry guess for I, me. Sorry if I interrupt you. No, you're okay. I just wondered if it was a poly thing, like if you were using both of them, or if it was, if you did the... Sounds like you went pretty the much transition yeah, across well, addiction. And I, I was always using more than one substance, you know, through my whole career of uh, of addiction. It was always more than one substance. This whatever is, you would, whatever was would, readily available. A, yeah, whatever, whatever I could get my hands on, I was right. doing. So you'd be a I had preferences, abuser. but whatever I could get my hands on. Got you. You know. How'd we get to the point where um, stuff starts to look, stuff starts to get hairy for you, like things starting to add up that says you should stop as soon well i mean i had those signs when i got the dui well the dui is one of them for sure i mean yeah and then you know i got arrested i finally got arrested um well i went to treatment two times back to back uh at the before any legal involvement like yeah before yeah before any legal felonies yeah i was i just showed up on my parents doorstep like two weeks before christmas saying i want help i need help you know And I went to the, um, oh man, what's the church one? The, no, oh. not the LDS church, but no, the but... Salvation Army. Okay. I went to the Salvation Army uh, two times and it was in Paris, California. Yeah, Great facility. Great facility, six long, six month long program. The first time I went. Wow. Lasted three months. Called mom. Mom gave in, let me come home. Mm. A week later, I'm already back. Sure. You know, it was just how it worked. Okay. So then time progresses. I finally get arrested. I got to pick up my first possession Arrest charges. Arrest was for possession? Mm-hmm. Felony. Pose- was felony yes. back then. Fel- yep, felony. Possession for of cocaine because I was speedballing. Okay. Um, uh, possession of cocaine and possession of heroin. I got arrested right next to the homeless shelter in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where you were buying? Well, when I couldn't find it anywhere else. That was my okay. residence for nine months. Oh, yeah. The block was, it was the... Yeah, sure. It was the uh, spot. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Ugh, every bring time back, I drive... Bring back good memory uh, for you. No, it's awful. Every sick. time I drive through Salt Lake, I you can see it from the freeway, and it's just yep. like, it just makes my stomach You know what's funny? To this day, to this day, eight years later, if I'm driving through Salt Lake, before I hit 6 South, if I'm coming southbound, or before I hit 4th North, when I'm going northbound, I make sure I... If I'm not with somebody, I have somebody on the phone. Right. Because I'm telling you, there's something about that that it's just... Yeah. It's, it's still so real. Yeah. Still so well, real. In, I don't know if it's still so available, but like, yeah. there's it's something about still 24-7 service that, yeah. that I don't care how strong you are. If you don't have a safety plan or support system, you can end up sideways real fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I end up getting arrested, right, and <clears throat> end up in Salt Lake, uh, ADC. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm in there for about oh three to six months, somewhere in between there, and oh. I'm, wait- I'm waiting to get into drug court. Significant amount of time. Yeah, so uh, I finally get into drug court, do the whole drug court thing, and while in drug court, that's when I met my my first wife. And uh, great place to yeah, look for oh, wives. Yeah, drug yeah. court is a really good. Yeah. That's where I recommend you go looking for yeah. wives. Is drug <laughs> court. When I share my better st- the bar. Yeah, yeah. Bar's yeah. A, the bar is a good place too. When I share or my, treatment. Yeah, when I share my story in, in in the rooms, that's one thing I say. You know, I did what we all do and hmm. fall in love in treatment. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of taking oxytocin, a, boy, yeah. it's just like heroin, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it. it releases some dopamine in the midbrain. Yeah. Yeah. It's no joke. But anyway, so her and I, we both graduate drug court. About halfway through, we find out she's pregnant. Halfway so, through drug court? Yes. And so we find Not out. Not one session of drug court. Yeah. Halfway through it. Talking about the Sellers. whole link of the drug court. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, don't yeah, I thought, maybe, you know, they got the little conference rooms just outside yeah, the. Sure. I, I thought that that's what happened, like halfway through. With this young lady. That's right. I thought he called the conference. <laughs> yeah. And then they ran out. Your Honor, it. time out. Grabbed a pregnancy Can test. I get a- oh, she's pregnant. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. We're squirrels. We lost You're our good. Mind. This is part of the magic, yeah, though. You know, but listen, that's this is common, and I don't want to take too much time deviating from the story. But you you pointed, you made a good point. We've never explored this on this podcast. But you t- put a put a person in treatment or drug court. One of those two things, right? Same. You're thing. taking away their ability to release massive amounts of dopamine in their brain that they get from the drugs and alcohol. What's left? Right. Sex is left. Mm-hmm. Sugar is left. Um, there's a few things yes, left please. and yes, please. we need that like addicts you can't go from that much dopamine to nothing and not be depressed about it so they're looking for ways to get dopamine in their brain well sex is one of those ways yeah yeah, yeah. it first starts with validation because you're I not okay think it, with who you are yes, as soon as right. you walk into treatment you're like oh my gosh i'm a wreck you I'm know a, you, you, you still can't 
really recognize the person you see in the mirror, you know, the, all those feelings are arising. Yeah. And, and then you have somebody that shows you attention and it just validates. Yeah. David, our really brains just sunk <laughs> yes. at that same moment. Cause yeah. I was just going to say, there's something to be said about, I feel like I'm a disgusting person, but if this individual over there likes me, yeah. I'm getting validation through them. I must not be that bad of a person if they're attracted to me. And so it's a whole psychological thing yeah, too. Absolutely. Beautiful point. Really good point. Yeah. Absolutely. So we got multiple stuff. Why don't we just do gender only treatments? Well, there that's are, what we should there be are doing. some. Just yeah. kidding. There are some, but I know. I'm just trying we to. We can silly, go down that road right, for but, a while. But you're right. That is. It's like there. Are, there are places that do. Like there. There are male only. Like I, Renaissance I, Ranch for a long time did only males. Yeah, I've, for I went. Treatment. I went to quite a few. I, yeah. I, I've been to treatment. I mean, between th drug going to drug court three times, Salvation Army twice, Odyssey House. Did you ever meet Robert Downey Jr. in any of those places? No, I did not. <laughs> That's always my go-to. What is that? <laughs> like, what the heck is that? Because he's been to like a million yeah, places. Yeah, he know? has. It's interesting, though. That I, um, I also think that if I just keep saying his name, one day he'll call me and be like, all right, I got to be on your podcast. Yeah. I don't think he's going to call you. I'm going to bring the Iron I Man probably wouldn't. <laughs> I probably wouldn't hold your breath waiting for that call. Dang him. it. Okay. But yeah, so. Back to David Brown. We don't want to talk about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. David so Brown's better looking than Robert Downey Jr. This is what he does, dude. Yeah. So as soon as you start talking again, he's going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm lecturing Jared for interrupting <laughs> while I interrupt. So, yeah, I find out I'm having a kid on the way. And so what was the right thing to do? Is I, we thought we should get married. So we got married. Good and for then, you. Man. Yeah. And then uh, after, after our daughter was born, uh, her and I both relapsed. We th we thought that we could, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, well, congratulations! You just had a baby. Yeah, well, you just had a baby. Exactly. And, like celebrate, you know. Like, and your uh, wife probably, if she's a drug addict, probably did a really nice job of not using during pregnancy, yeah, and it's over now. So hey. At well, and also we were in drug court, so I mean, like, yeah. you know, she still had the choice, but there was still that thumb, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we completed drug court. Had our had our daughter. Good job. And about oh, I don't know, it was about six months afterwards, uh, we decided to. Get loaded again, and uh, were you working a program? Were you involved in any recovery no, stuff? I mean, or like, were you just abstinent during drug court? No, I, 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 I worked drug court pretty good. I mean, I like I, I, I participated in. You group. were hitting fellowships. You were doing recovery yes, I was, events. Yes, you I would have been one of the people at the concert that we're about to throw. Absolutely, really, yeah. And then, but then, as soon as the thumb was off, it just slowly dwindled. And that's what know? I meant. I meant yeah. after. No, drug not, court. not after. No, no, no. It right, just, because you have to go to like three a week, yep. right? So mm -hmm. you were doing the stipulated, mandated. Yes, right, stuff. And it was get it behind me so I can get back to my life. But by David's own free will, you weren't choosing to participate in a life of recovery after. Hundred percent. Okay. Yep. And so yeah, we ended up relapsing, and in that night of relapsing, what'd you it, relapse on that night? Uh, heroin and cocaine. Okay. Yeah, it's a brutal I mean, combo. Why not? Yeah, and it's just like it's just like everybody says, you know, you pick up right where mm -hmm. you left off, mm -hmm. and so you know, I mean, which is how most people die. Which is how some people actually die, and right? To finish this story off, um, yeah, in that night, I nodded off, woke up too, lights still on, TV still going, and walked upstairs and found my wife laying in the bed, blue, oh jeez, with our six-month-old oh. daughter. In oh. the crib next to the bed. Oh, yeah, wow. it was yeah, and so that put a you know hamper on my lifestyle that That'll I was trying sober to sober you up real quick. Yeah, and so you know or not, but yeah, dealt with all dealt with all of that by going to Odyssey House, and I went to the Parents and Children's Program up there, and I was in it for about oh sixteen months. Court ordered or voluntarily? Well, I admitted myself voluntarily, okay. and then they ended up turning it into the. Uh, family court I see guidelines so so to okay. speak and so uh, my daughter came there and lived with me oh. and, which was really cool like uh, being in treatment and having your child with you and then you get a kind of that is cool yeah it's, oh, it's wanna, a cool program I'm well, sorry I just want to clarify well, I, I'm gonna probably okay. ask the same question you're about to ask you're, did she did your wife survive this she didn't die no, she, she died she did okay she I wasn't hundred percent sure yeah uh, yeah okay well, that's, and no wonder yeah and the, and the reason why I wanted to bring this instance up is because it, it haunted me for the next oh, for sure. 10 years because I chose even in Odyssey House. Yeah, I talked about it in group and, you know, or did assignments on it and, you know, tried to understand the pain that I was going through. But, you know, I didn't let everything come out, you know, like yeah. I had to like 
I was sick of talking about it at some at, at one point, you sure. know. And sure. so yeah, well, man. here's, can I just, just yeah. two seconds, I'm just going to jump in real yeah. fast. There's a difference between talk therapy and like EMDR or ART or some type of trauma specific therapy. Right. Right. So, so you can talk about it, you can do assignments around it. And it's, for some people that's helpful for some people, traumatic events, it's helpful to tell the whole story and that really helps with some healing and you can do some assignments around it, but there's, it's not going to replace trauma-specific treatment, right? right? Which is the EMDR, which is the ART. Doc, are you having an opinion on that? Nope. Okay. That's that's yeah. honestly everything that I... Go yeah, ahead. absolutely. And so, yeah, I ended up uh, getting done with Odyssey House and uh, ended up moving to Colorado and staying with my sister. Hmm. And then... Where'd uh, you move in Colorado? Craig, Colorado, a small little Craig. town on I the, wet, on the west side. Is, yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Lived there with her for, oh, I don't know, six, nine months. And, uh, so did it geographical. Did yeah. you do that because you wanted to be away from well, all your friends? Well, and that I had? really didn't have anywhere to go, and then my yeah. daughter would have her cousin to play with. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. And so, but needless to say, I relapsed once again, and this time I was Adderall. Turns out there's drugs in Colorado, oh, too, Oh, yeah, huh? yeah. And, <laughs> and there's doctors everywhere that what? if I'm manipulating them, I can get whatever I want. And drug-seeking. Yep. Yeah. And so, yeah. What, and then, What was your rock bottom? So my rock bottom was right before I went to this last treatment center uh, I went to, and it was called the John Vulcan Academy. It was a two-year— How old are you? I'm 43. Yeah, well, when no, I went in, yeah, yeah. 30, 36, 37 well, I went 36, in. you take a two-year— You make a commitment to go to a two-year— Yep. Wow. In Seattle, Washington. Yeah. But right before I went in, that was, that was, that was, my, that was my bottom. And mm -hmm. at this point, methamphetamines was a part of my story— because it was the one was, thing. Was I could there an get event the that led you to go to the to the treatment center? Uh, oh yeah, staring down a, the barrel of a pistol. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, it had just gotten to the point where I my my I saw my only way out was death. So that was your hand holding the other end of that pistol. Correct. So Correct. suicide. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I just had enough, and uh, something came over me to. Uh, uh, God bless my father. You know, he uh, would always pick up his phone no matter what, no matter what time mm -hmm. of day. And he would at least listen to me. You know, mm -hmm. he knew that I was probably calling and not in the right mind. But he picked up that night and talked me through it. And he said, OK, I'll get on a plane. I'll be down to St. George tomorrow morning on the earliest plane I can be down. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. So two exactly. years in Seattle. Two years in Seattle. Uh, That's a pretty good start on a recovery journey. Yeah, yeah, and I ended up staying up there another year and a half really? after that. At, at, because, the, at the place? No, no, not at the treatment Just center. After I got done, I, I got my own apartment. Um, and the gentleman that actually uh, brought the AA meeting into the recovery center, center is still in contact with him. He, the one became oh. my sponsor, and the one hired me for a job. That's so cool. Yeah, and I worked with a bunch of people in recovery doing construction and, and you know, it's I mean, huge shout out to, to Tyler, Jordan, and Brian, and uh, that's nice. Yeah, and Phil, like those guys, they lay, they paved the ground for me, and they were all, you know, pretty far in, three, four years in, and so they gave me this idea of what recovery looked mm -hmm. like. Like I, I, they gave me that example of what it should look like and how to get my finances under under wrap and my credit and. Let's just say it. They basically teach you how to live life again. A hundred percent. Right. And these. Like, these men, like they, they, they showed me how to be a man again, you know, yeah. like just pay my bills, show up for work, you know, and like it was just, it was one of the best decisions I ever did was staying up in Seattle for that year and a half after before mm. I came back to my home turf. So cool. Yeah, super cool. Still in contact with all of them. Uh, they're all probably coming to my wedding. My buddy Tyler's uh, part of my line. I mean, it's just... I look forward to meeting them. Yeah. I will yeah. be at the wedding. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. That's super cool. Absolutely. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's something to do with uh, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is unparalleled or something like that, right? Absolutely. That's bingo. Like, that's what you're talking about is that's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that seems to be one of the ways that addicts can relate to is that... So, so for me, I'm a physician, right? People look in, look, come in to see me, and they look at me suspiciously because I've never been there. Well, so they assume, right? They assume I have, right? I haven't. I have. I've been addicted to opiates, but that 
if if a person who studied it out of a book tries to tell an addict how to live, they're not going to respond to that. Yeah. If somebody who's been where they've been says, "Here's how to live," then it, then it, you can receive yeah. it. Yeah. As a substance abuse counselor, the second I say, you know, my name is Jared Miller, I consider myself a person in long-term recovery. I have over eight years clean. Immediately, people perk up, pay attention, right? Like right. that's there's something yeah. to be said about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's respected because they know how hard it is to even gain one day. But I have no secret. Yeah, my secret's the same as yours. I had to have another dude Guide tell me what life. to do. I okay. had to run questions past yep. another dude yep. for years. Yeah, that's Let, so many phone calls. Yeah, let's yeah. get to. We're running out of time. We got less than two minutes left. But I want to talk about recovery, like today. Like, what's what's recovery look like for you? What are you doing in recovery? Like, how? What are some of the blessings you've gotten out of being clean and sober? And oh that man, sort of stuff? I mean. <laughs> The, well, everything. The spirituality right. side of it. You know, I got I got somebody in my corner all the time. My higher power is always with me, mm. you know, and I give him all, all credit. You know, I all I had to do is drop to my knees and say, I need help, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it all started from there. You so know, I got it's to, amazing what humility does like hum- when you finally give up huge, and say, I need somebody, huge. something else's help. But, yeah. you know, I've got it's crazy. I got a fiance. I have a beautiful little eight-year-old daughter. Yeah. My older daughter lives with my sister up in Salt Lake, by the way. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've got so many. Not the things. same I've sister got... from Craig, Colorado, though. Is yes, it? Okay. yes, yes, yeah. She so she had it. spent some time with her earlier. In yes, life. yes. Okay. Yeah. okay. She adopted her when I went to treatment this okay. last time. Two beautiful Got daughters. It. Yep. Two fiance. beautiful daughters. Yeah, fiance. A lot of yeah. brothers in recovery. Yep. Tons. You took me out riding some tons ATVs of solid. Oh, this you went with? Yeah. Yeah. That looked fun. Yeah, I mean, I got, I, like I said, I dipped back into the yeah, hobbies that I loved when I was a kid. And I, I, I knew that I had to replace that thrill with something. And I went back to the childhood I love fun. That. We're, we're really almost out of time. Do you have one final thought you'd like to leave with people? You know, I, get a sponsor, work the steps. Yeah. You know, go, go whatever 12-step program of your choice. Get to the meeting, get it participate, and go with, with them for coffee afterwards. Just surrender. All yeah, right. Surrender. I love it. David Brown, thank you very much for your yeah, time. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. We're uh, out of time. I want to mention real quick, we got one second left. One week from today, I get 20 years of recovery. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from... A podcast studio.